Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so glad that you are here today. Now, we're going to talk about today reaching the highest realms of prayer. Praise God. I want to share some scriptures with you that I believe will take you into some places with God in prayer that you have never been before, but you're going to go today, and I know you'll not be a stranger to this great place. Amen. Now, first of all, let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come now and quicken the word so that we can have understanding of it and take it and apply it to our lives today. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. Let's begin today in the book of James chapter 4, and let's start with verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Hmm, this is interesting. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have. Now listen to this. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Hmm. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. How, now, how are they asking amiss? How is it that in their prayer request to God that these believers are not hitting the target and therefore their prayers are going unanswered? Well, James answers that. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it, how? On your pleasures. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasures, but it can sometimes become a place where pleasures begin to consume our thinking, our request, and we become consumers instead of being producers in the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't receive, but we must always remember the purpose. We are blessed primarily to be what? To be a blessing. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. It is a form of praying that revolves around self-consumption. Now, God will always answer your prayers if they are on target. And I want to talk with you about getting on that target, what it actually is, and going into this amazing realm. I, actually, it's the highest realm of prayer where your prayers are getting answered. Mm, thank you, Jesus. So God will answer your prayers if they are on target. Now, again, James said that these requests are missing the target because the requests are based around gratifying this endless desire for pleasure. Let me show you a scripture that I know that many of you are familiar with 
out of the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I just want to read it and share an example. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. So there's nothing wrong with wealth, because if there were, God would not give you the power to access it. So wealth is a good thing. That He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. So that we see here very clearly that wealth is established with God on the platform of a covenant. Not a promise, that's very important, but on a covenant. So when you meet the terms and conditions of that covenant, in other words, you read the fine print and you obey it, then God is obligated to perform His Word and to do what He said He would do. Woo! Praise the Lord. So wealth is activated on the platform of the covenant for believers that enter into a financial covenant with God. And I've talked about that before, how you do that. But we must also understand that wealth is also working with that covenant, and that covenant has a purpose. What is the purpose? It is, just, it is primarily to see that the gospel is preached around the world, and we need to be concerned about winning the lost for Christ and strengthening God's people who are already in the faith. Praise the Lord. Now, here's a true story. I have a friend of mine, he told me this story firsthand. He was ministering in Indonesia, and I've ministered in Jakarta multiple times. He was there once ministering in Indonesia, and after he preached his sermon, he began to minister to people in the prayer line. Whoever needs prayer, line up, and he's going to minister to them one-on-one. -on -one. Now, the crowd wasn't that large, uh, several hundred people, so he had the time to minister to them one-on-one -on -one, briefly as he goes down the line, laying hands on people. And he gets to one woman who is like in her mid-50s, and she's weeping and she's crying, and she's saying, please pray for me that God would restore wealth back to me. And she wanted uh, this minister who I know very well, she wanted him to pray for her that God would restore her financial wealth. And she said, now everybody in that country knew her. She said, I used to be a billionaire, and she owned one of the largest construction firms in the company, and it was a legit billion-dollar company. And you know what she said? In the prayer line, she said, please pray that God restore my wealth because she had lost it all. The company went bankrupt. She said, please pray that God will restore my wealth, and this time I will give to his kingdom. Now, I want to tell you a stark reality of what can happen sometimes to believers. As this woman, as an example, this woman became a billionaire as a Christian, and she never gave one rupee or dollar ever to the kingdom. She never tithed, which is 10% of your income. She never tithed, not only as an individual, although as an individual she was extremely wealthy, nor did she ever, from the great profits of her company, ever, ever support the kingdom of God with one dollar not even one dollar. And she is weeping, and she's praying, and she's asking this minister, please pray that God will restore my wealth, and this time I will 
honor the Lord with the finances. And the gift of discerning of spirits was operating in my minister friend. And he looked at her and said, woman, you are still deceived. You obviously, based on your own confession, never supported God, uh, God's kingdom. Now, God doesn't need our support, but we have the privilege and the honor to be able to participate through a willful heart. And he said, you never supported God's kingdom when you had the wealth. And still now, still now your heart has not changed. And he said, the only reason you're weeping is because you've lost all your money. You're not weeping because you have a desire to support the work of the Lord. And she got very, very angry. I mean, like a demonic manifestation when he said that, which was just evidence that her heart is not repentant, that her heart was not right before God, and she still had that stubborn pride and self-will. And my, my friend refused to pray for her because she was not sincere. Mm-mm. So what is this? Asking amiss. Why? So you can have wealth. Why? To consume it upon your own self-interest like she did? Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, God needs proof. What is the proof? Well, first of all, that you're honoring him with the tithe. See, I have heard many Christians say, Pastor Stephen, if God gives me wealth, I will, I will give the tithe to him. What is tithing? It's the systematic giving of 10% of all of your income, all of your increase, giving it to God. And by the way, God says that it belongs to him. So we need to obey him and do that. But some Christians, they are deceived They don't tithe now, but they somehow think that if suddenly they receive a large amount of money, that then they are going to begin to tithe, and then they're going to somehow begin to honor God with their finances. But if you're not doing it now, why would God think that you're going to do it later? So the the deception is that I'll do it later while they are using what they have in many ways to funnel it towards their own interest. And they put God last, or they don't even put God in the financial equation at all. And they can continue to consume and consume. Why? So that it can be uh, all spent upon themselves or their own, their own way of giving that's outside of God's circle. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. God will bless you, but he will bless you in order to be a blessing. Now, yes, you will be blessed. But as you hit that overflow, God has a great interest in that overflow going towards the furtherance of his kingdom. And it's our privilege to be involved in that. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Very quickly, back to the book of James, chapter, uh, that would be chapter 4, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I want to read it again. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, here's the thing. God wants you to ask. All you have to do is be accurate and sincere with your request. So you're asking. It's not like God's saying, don't ask, and whatever you ask, I'm going to say no. That's not what's wrong here. God actually wants you to ask And he wants to answer in the affirmative, but the request has got to be on target. Praise the Lord. And that's how you get up into that highest realm of prayer 
uh, you're going to have to go through the ladder of asking. Jacob's ladder, reaching from earth to heaven, being a type of prayer, symbolizes to us that we can go up through asking. Woo! And there's nothing wrong with it. We are actually told in scriptures to ask God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Second Samuel chapter 12. Now, what I'm about to read to you here, I, I hope it stretches your theology. Now, for those that maybe want to camp in a small circle. Now, if you want a small circle, that's fine. In some ways, that seems to be popular until you actually live it out. It's popular to talk about living in a tiny home until you actually live in it and you and your spouse about to drive each other crazy. Uh, you and your children and the spouse and maybe the pets. You thought the tiny home was great when you saw the TV show about the tiny home. Now that you're living in it, you realize that living in a uh, 300 square feet, this is not really working out very well. But if you want to stay in that realm, that that's okay. But I'm here today to stretch your theology uh, through the implementation of Scripture rubbing up against your mind so that you can realize you can ask God for more, and God's happy to do it. Now, look at this again, Second Samuel chapter 12. Woo! Praise God. Are you ready? Here we go. Chapter uh, 12, verse 7. Let me get a drink of hot tea because this is going to be some uh, hot Scriptures I'm going to share with you. Verse 7, then Nathan, now we know that he's the court prophet. He has access to the king. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. In other words, he is now going to prophetically unveil all of the yucky stuff David had done in private, thinking that maybe he got away with it. No, God told the prophet everything. And now David is going to be uncovered in a sense. His sin with Bathsheba the murder of Uriah, the Hittite, her husband. The whole thing is coming out in the open. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. Now, a list of the things that God did for David is now going to be brought forth. And watch this. He's going to, he's going to list them out. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you, from the hand of Saul. Here's another one. I gave you your master's house. Wow, Saul had a pretty big house and everything that was included, not just the silverware, <laughs> all the furniture, everything. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. So he's king over a united nation. Wow. And, now watch this. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? So the prophet just laid it out. But God is speaking through the prophet, and God is saying, David, I did all of these things for you. And for uh, whatever reason, when we look at the life of David, he fell into sin. How did he get messed up in sin? The number one reason why believers fail, broken focus. And he broke his focus. 
and having been uh, the warrior, and yes, the psalmist, but for whatever reason, it seemed like David wanted to just sit back in the palace while the army went out and kept on fighting these wars, and he's not out there doing that, and that is a huge part, not only of his identity, but his calling. And maybe he just felt like, well, I'm in the psalmist mode, and I just want to sit back in the palace and write songs all day and play on the harp. Uh, no, David, you are ordained a warrior, and you're supposed to be out there, if not at least slinging the sword. Now, we realize as you're going to get older, you need to not probably be so actively involved, but you need to be out there, sitting out there, strategizing so that Joab and these guys under you can continue to conquer. That's part of your calling. You're not just supposed to sit around and be a, a, a palace couch potato. So that's what happened to him. That's why he got into trouble. And here, now listen to me very, very carefully. Here is a tremendous cure for boredom, perhaps that you have never been told before. What is it, Pastor Stephen? Increase. Woo, glory to God. Think about that just for a moment, what God told David. And if that had been too little, in other words, making you king, taking you from nowhere and lifting you all the way up to the place where you are the anointed king over the whole nation, if these things would have been too little, I also would have given you much more. Well, Pastor Stephen, how come God didn't do it? Because he didn't ask. David didn't ask. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, listen very carefully. If you will ask God for more, and it's on target, He will do it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to say something also. I want to come from a different angle. And um, I think this is going to help some of you. Not, not all of you need this, but I do believe there are some of you that need this. Much more can be a door of escape from temptation. Have you ever thought about that? That could have really helped David. I want to say it again, because I got that earlier from the Lord when I was meditating. Much more can be a door that God can give to you as an escape from temptation. What is temptation? Something that's one wanting to capture your attention. It all, it all revolves up here. This is where the battle's at. And you, we live in a physical world. We receive physical stimuli, such as through what we see, and it's sent up here, and, uh, and it can hit you. If there's certain a temptation that maybe the, the enemy, uh, you saw something, such as David seeing Bathsheba taking a bath. Maybe that's why she's called Bathsheba. <laughs> Okay, well, anyhow, uh, David, uh, he could have shifted back over to the calling with his mind and could have said to himself, you know what? God's been really good to me, but um, this thing that I've been imagining, this great thing even that God could take me into, I think I'm, I'm going to really think about that right now. So, do you see what I'm saying? Much more can be a door that you can use as an escape for temptation. In other words, I'm not going to do this thing. I'm not going to get messed up and tangled up with sin because God's got something really, really big for me that's cooking that's so big. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Think about that. Amen. 
Some of you have been swimming around in a little tiny pond, and uh, you've gotten comfortable because you think you're the big fish in the little pond, and you don't know that there's a lake over there that's a hundred times bigger. And you don't know there's an ocean over there that's a thousand times bigger. And God, God's ready to light it up for you. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, how, how do I get into these higher realms of prayer? You, you, you ask. You ask God for big stuff. Not little stuff because it's boring. I mean, really, do we need to pray, God, God, help me to get my telephone bill paid. I mean, what, what's the telephone bill? A hundred dollars? <laughs> right? Uh, even if you have all the bells and whistles on your phone account, I mean, what is it, like a hundred at max, $140 a month? I, I don't know. Is that really, like, deeply exciting? Does that light your world on fire where you stay up late at night praying so you can get your phone bill paid? No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. But what does? What does light you on fire when you think about this realm that God could take you into? Yeah, that starts to get the juices cooking, doesn't it? Yes, it does, Pastor Stephen. It sure does. What should I do? You should ask God to do it. Not just like visualize it and stuff like that. You should ask God to do it for you. Now, I'm not talking about going off to la-la land where you're, you're, ask, you're asking him to do something that's so far beyond your faith that you, you can't grab it. But I am saying that those things that pertain to your calling that make God happy and make you happy, and yes, it's out there, yeah, you need to go for it. And the way that you go for it is you ask God to do it in your life. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. If that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. And you think, what kind of a God is this? He made the man the king over the whole nation and gave him tremendous wealth. What kind of a God is this? A God who is the only true God. <laughs> He's the only one that can do things like this. And you can come into this realm of prayer where you ask God for these things that glorify him, that expand the kingdom, and of course, reverberate back on you with a big splash of joy, blessing, and increase in your own life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Come into this realm. Come into it through asking. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7. Ask. Yes, it's in the Bible. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, we know that that can be an acronym, A-S-K, which spells the word ask. But I want to read this to you from the Amplified Bible which pulls out the fuller meaning of the Greek that we can't always put into the English language or else our Bible would be this thick uh, because it's amplifying the original meaning. Uh, the Greek language was very precise and very um, profuse in the impact of its words. And sometimes our English language, which, which is a fantastic language, but sometimes it, it cannot bring out the fullness of what is contained. So let's take a look at it in the Amplified because this is really what it's conveying. 
Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. Praise God. Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is a very good translation I like, says, keep asking and it will be given to you. So that's a very accurate translation of what Jesus is actually saying. You ask, but this is a continual, let's bring this before the Lord, because this is an epic thing that I'm wanting God to do. Praise God. Now let's continue. Verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds And remember, this is continual asking, okay? You're going to get it. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Let me be the first to say that while God has a sense of humor, God's not a trickster. God's, God's not like uh, this God that somehow has a dirty character element to who, who he is. No, he's not. He's not a jester. He's not a, let me, let me just mess with your emotions or let me just mess you around. No, God is pure. And when he says something, then there's no crookedness in him, which is why I love the scripture of what Paul talked about in Ephesians, let no coarse jesting come out of your mouth. No crude, coarse jesting. Why? It'll always go off the deep end and end up into things that um, begin to get profane. And uh, so don't laugh at coarse jesting. God's not like that. He doesn't have a bone like that in his body. He's not crude or, or, or dirty. Praise God. He's so holy he can't even sin. Praise the Lord. So... Uh, We see here where it says in verse 11, if you then being evil, or as the Amplified Bible translation says, if you then having a sinful nature, you have to understand that until uh, Jesus went to the cross and paid the penalty for sins, that uh, you, you were not born again. So even the nation of Israel under the old covenant, when you look at Moses and you look at all of the great saints of the old Testament, you have to understand that they did not have the born again experience or the salvation experience that we have through faith in Christ. Praise God. So if you then being evil or having a sinful nature, know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, think about that. Any unbeliever, any unbeliever, even if they're completely uh, ignorant of the scriptures and don't know anything about God, yet they love their kids and they want their kids to have the best and they want to give good things to their own children. So if you then being evil or having a sinful nature know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Now, what did God tell David? I would have done much more for you if you would have just asked now look at look, look what Jesus is saying. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things? But here's the condition. To those who do what? Who do a whole bunch of push-ups trying to please God out of religious obedience? No! <laughs> who run around the city of Jericho and shout hallelujah. Nothing wrong with that. 
But that's, that's not what he said you need to do. He made it so easy to those who ask him. Again, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who do what? To those who ask him. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Now, let me say this. You need to get kingdom interest integrated into your prayer request. Let me repeat that. You need to get the interest of the kingdom. In other words, what's on God's heart? You need to get that integrated, baked in, into your prayer request. That way, when you ask, what you're asking is pleasing to the Lord. What you're asking is a good thing. It's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to be an overflow uh, uh, into the kingdom. You're going to be more blessed. Why? So that you can be a greater blessing. Woo, glory to God. And when God sees that, and when he sees that your uh, prayer requests are sincere, and that you really love him, he'll unload on you. But you've got to ask. You've got to ask God. Pastor Stephen, I want to come into the highest realms of prayer. You get there by asking. Oh, it's too easy. <laughs> well, it's just like going up a ladder. How easy is going up a ladder? If you were to pull out right now, maybe in your garage, maybe a small step stool in your closet that you use to change a light bulb, if you were to pull that out and go up the ladder, how hard is that? You just take one step and go up after the other. It's not hard. Well, how do you get into the highest realms of prayer? By asking. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. I've got one more for you. It's too good not, the, not to include into this message. Romans chapter 8. This one's going to knock the ball out of the park. Are you ready for this one? We've had some heavy hitters. You're about to, you're about to see the grand slam that knocks the ball completely out of the ballpark. Praise God. You can't top this one. Romans chapter 8. Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, not anybody really. Correct. Right. Does it mean that you won't have some opposition? Does it mean that you might not have some haters and some persecution? But if God is for, uh, for us, who can be against us? Now, verse 32. He, that would be the Heavenly Father, He who did not spare His own Son, that would be Jesus, but delivered Him up for us all, that He delivered Him up for you and I, how shall He not with Him also freely give us, what, a half-baked potato? No! Freely give us. All things. Pastor Stephen, don't say that word, that phrase, all things. It just blows my theology out of the water. Pastor Stephen, I'm over here trying to live in a bathtub. Pastor Stephen, I'm just swimming around in my bathtub, and I'm content with my little world. Now, think about the magnitude of what God the Father did just for you. He gave his son. He only had one. He only had one. He didn't pull an angel. He's got billions of them. Who knows? Maybe more than billions, maybe a trillion. Who, who knows? But we do know that he only had one son. So God has proven 
his love for you and I. He has proven his lavish, incomprehensible level of giving by doing what? By giving his very best. What was that? Who was that? His son. He gave his son for you and I. And he actually gave Jesus to us, to the world, when we hated God. We were at enmity with God because we were lost in sins. Yet he still gave. And when he did, he gave his very best. Now watch this again. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him? How shall he not with Jesus also freely give us all things? All things. You're thinking that what you're asking God could be too big. How can it be too big when God gave you Jesus? <laughs> Is it going to top that? Is it going to come even into a category of maybe one billionth of that? Not even. So don't struggle with it. But the thing that the Holy Spirit it's emphasizing upon your heart. God wants you to ask because he'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I would say with verse 32, don't let this verse ever go untapped in your Christian journey. Well, how do you tap into it? Asking, asking, because here you see that he can do it here. He even says he will, he'll freely give us all things. Okay. So how do you access that realm through prayer? Yes. How? By asking in prayer. You ask the father in the name of Jesus. All right, Pastor Stephen, I like it. That's a good message, Pastor Stephen. I'm going to shout hallelujah. Good. Shout hallelujah. But don't stop there. I want you to do this right now with me. Even before maybe you leave and go do something else. Please don't do anything until you do this. I want you to get a sheet of paper right now. Okay. Grab a sheet of paper, grab a pen. I want you right now to write down three things that you want God, the father to do for you. And I want you to ask him to do it. Now you may not be able to ask him right now because maybe you're busy, but the next time you have your prayer session with God, I want you to go there with those three requests. Now, if you, you get the flow gets going and maybe it turns in the four or five, that's cool. But I want you to take at least three very genuine, very sincere prayer requests before the Lord requests that are not saturated with self-consumption requests that are not enrobed in how can I spend this on my own <laughs> way of patting my life and making my life more. No, no, no. Bake the kingdom into these requests. Okay. But I want you to write down three of them right now on a piece of paper. Go do it right now. Praise God. Grab your piece of paper, write them down. Watch the Holy Spirit's already given them to you. Write them down. One, two, three, write them out. And the next time you have your devotional time, which could be later today, or maybe uh, you might be so excited, you're going to fit it in even uh, uh, right now. Okay. But I want you to take your time and bring these three things before the Lord and ask, watch this, ask God to do it for you this year. Woo. This year, ask God to take you there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Write them down. Write them down. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for your people. I thank you that faith without works is dead. So they have heard the message, the word. 
now they must put works to it. Their works are to write out these requests and then to bring them before you in prayer and ask. Thank you, Father, that they're going to do it. Father, we thank you that we agree with your system, your way of doing things, which is to ask you in the name of Jesus. So that even in a sense, you already know everything, but it is the protocol of the kingdom to ask you in prayer. So we're going to go through the protocol and we're going to do it. And we're going to enjoy our fellowship with you while we are in prayer. Father, we thank you that you hear and that you answer specific prayer request. We've seen it in the life of David. We've seen it in the life of Jesus. We've seen it in the life of the Apostle Paul. And we thank you that we're going to see even greater things in our life. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Bless your people as they're writing out their three requests for you to do right now. Praise you, O God. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're watching right now, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you stumbled upon this sermon because uh, you're just curious about these things. But the Holy Spirit is really working on your heart. You know what? You need, to, you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord today. He'll wash all your sins away. And he'll make you ready for heaven. Praise God. And if you used to be a Christian and you're watching this, but you, you fell away, it's time for you to come back and be restored back to God with the right relationship. Okay? So if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away and save me now. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me. From this day forward, in your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And amen. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. All right, let's take Holy Communion today. I want you to grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise God. You don't need a fancy cup from Bethlehem like I have here. Actually, this one didn't come from Bethlehem. My wooden one did. This one came from the Temple Institute. You don't need that. You can use a plastic cup. But whatever you have, grab some grape juice. Grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have unleavened bread, grab a cracker. And let's pray. Let's take communion together. If you are a believer, you can take communion with me. Let's do it together. Father, we thank you for the juice and the bread. We sanctify it now. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body as we receive it. We thank you that we receive the truth of your word, that you want us to ask you. And we will not consume it. We will not ask prayers that are based upon the consumption of our pleasures which is just an endless pit of, uh, of just selfishness. Father, but we will ask prayer requests. Yes, things that can delight our hearts, but things that primarily have your kingdom interest integrated into the request. Ooh, Father, it's going to be good. It's going to be big. Thank you, Father God. We praise you. We praise you. We receive the Lord's body now 
And we thank you for answering our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together of the Lord's living flesh. It's going to be good. Woo! It's going to be real good. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit will get you very, very accurate in your asking. He's the best at it, helping you to get it refined so that it, when it's presented to the Father, it'll go whoosh, right on through. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its sin-cleansing power. We thank you for the divine force field of protection of the blood of Jesus all over us. Father, let the blood of Jesus saturate us in all that we do. Oh, God, we thank you. We receive it now in your mighty protection and blessing. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen. Woo! Drink it all. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, your list of your three things, or more, if you have a few more you want to put on there, totally fine. Take it and put it in your Bible, and keep it in your Bible, and everywhere you take your Bible, which I do trust that you're taking your Bible with you as you go about places, that you also keep your, uh, your list in there. Okay, keep them in there. Husbands and wives, make sure you're on the same page so you can be in prayer uh, so in other words, when you pr you're praying over these things, you're both praying over the same target. Praise God. Okay. So um, keep that with you and watch what God is going to do. Praise the Lord. Well, as these messages are, are blessing you, let me put up on the screen right now ways in which you can bless and support the ministry so that we can continue to preach the gospel around the world. You know, earlier today, uh, I was watching uh, our Pure Gold television program as it was broadcasting out of Bethlehem, Israel. And it just blesses me to know that so many Jewish people can watch this program, which is a, a land-based television tower broadcasting the gospel. And people uh, that are, are watching, they, uh, they just turn their TV on and they can, they can see it locally there in the Holy Land. And of course, many Arab uh, people uh, are watching that as it's going all over the West Bank area. And it is just amazing what God is doing. Thank you for helping us with our Pure Gold television program. I am trusting God to be able to get back into the studio and record a new season of programs. So if you would like to sow something special into our Pure Gold uh, television program, it would be a real blessing because uh, I need to get some new shows recorded, and that way they can yeah, broadcast them over Israel. And also, our satellite footprint now covers a footprint that's quite astonishing what God has done. Uh, it reaches over 3 billion potential viewers. We are on DirecTV, on multiple networks here in the USA, but also we are layering 
many of the nations where we're hitting it from different satellites and different ways of reaching the English-speaking people around the world. You have a lot of Asian people that love to learn English as a second language, and we are heavily targeting that part of the world as well as many other places. But we need to record some new programs. So at the ministry website, there's a uh, stephenbrooks.org. There is a drop-down menu at the top. It's, uh, just click on the header. It says Give Online, and then hit that little drop-down menu that says Fund, F-U-N-D. And, it, and you, when you hit that, that little drop-down menu, you'll see uh, the offering segment for Pure Gold. Okay, you can click on that, and that will bless our Pure Gold television ministry. You might be wondering, Pastor Stephen, how much does it cost to do a, an entire new season? The cost is $26,000. So that that's not airtime. We're doing good on the airtime. We're paying our bills every month, always on time. Thank you for your support and giving. But we need to keep fresh content coming out. And so I need to get back into the studio. And as you know, it's, it's costly. But because of your giving, we're able to continue to move ahead. But we need to move ahead now with some new shows. So that's what the cost is for a new season, $26,000. If you want to sow towards that, it would mean a lot to us. And I know it would touch the heart of God. And it could be that somebody is watching. You're able to do something special, maybe 5,000 or 10,000 or even something more. So according to how God has blessed you, because my friends were going after souls, I'll promise you this. Every television program that I record will always have an invitation at the end of my teaching for those that are watching to receive Christ as their Savior. I can't do this on my own, but I. But as you partner with me and send these messages, I'll preach them. I've, I've got all my notes. I'm ready to do an entire season, go into the studio and do an entire season. So as you sow into that, I'll make sure that that uh, altar call or that salvation call is in every single uh, episode that I record. Praise God. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you so much. These are amazing times in which we are living. And I am praying for you that God's going to answer your your deep heart request that you're lifting up to Him. And you're going to have tears of joy. Praise the Lord. So thank you for joining me today. And I'll be back again real soon. Thank you for your giving for the Pure Gold Television Program. Amen. Praise God. I'll be praying over your seed, over your giving. See you again real soon. Bye-bye.